0: what's the actual demand for this beyond, oh, this is interesting, I'm gonna drop my email. Cause it's very easy just to give your email away. I think people are a little bit more hesitant now in the last two years, but what I wanted to prove a little bit more is that people were willing to like put their credit card down. So after I captured their email, I added friction by saying, give me $1 and I'll guarantee you a discounted rate, basically, right? Because, Cause like, if you add friction, and people still do it, that means you have a stronger signal that people actually want this thing.
1: Welcome to Behind the Stays, a podcast that shares the stories behind your favorite Airbnbs and the hosts who've made them memorable. Behind the Stays is brought to you by Spontaneous, a free weekly newsletter that brings you a carefully curated list of last minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. Sign up at sponsaneous.com. I'm your host, Zach Buzicruz. Enjoy the show. Hey everybody, Zach here. Quick question before we dive into today's chat. So are you ever scrolling on Instagram and you see these like ridiculously beautiful Airbnbs that look like they're fresh out of a dwell or restoration hardware magazine? And have you ever wondered to yourself, like how the heck are these hosts able to afford to furnish their spaces so elegantly? Well, I wondered this too, until I found out that there's actually a secret that many of the best Airbnb hosts know that enable them to buy things like West Elm Media Consoles, crate and barrel couches, and parachute sheets at prices that you just really can't get anywhere else and that secret Well, it's Minoan, a completely free platform to purchase everything that you need for your short-term rental. If you have more than one short-term rental, chances are that you use some sort of system for your property management, right? Whether it's like a guestie or an uplisting. Well, Minoan is the system that hosts use for furnishing and refreshing their homes. Minoan provides hosts with a one-stop shop to get hundreds of discounts on the world's leading brands and a system where you can manage all of the ordering, all of the tracking, all of the returns, et cetera, in one place, which obviously just saves you a lot of time and money. Oh, and the best part, again, is that Minoan is totally free. Like, no membership fees, no annual dues, nada. Like, it's almost too good to be true, Except for the fact that, well, it is true. (laughs) And if you thought Minoan couldn't get any better, well, that's actually where you would be wrong. So I want you to stay tuned for more info in just about 15 minutes from now that'll make you want to sign up for Minoan the minute this episode is over. All right, so stay tuned in just a few minutes and hear a little bit more about why you want to sign up for your free, totally free, Minoan account the minute this podcast is over. In just a moment, you meet Sonny Jaya, the creator of Moonbase, a next-generation luxury campground designed to help make stargazing accessible to all. Sonny is a product manager by trade. After graduating from University of Maryland College Park, he traded the East Coast for the West Coast and has spent the last few years working for tech startups. Sonny has always loved the outdoors, so when he learned that his girlfriend had never been stargazing, he knew he had to change this reality as quickly as possible. But there was one big problem, and that was that his girlfriend wasn't thrilled about sleeping in a sleeping bag in a tent on top of a mountain. And that's when Sonny had an idea What if you could design a luxe camping experience that would enable you to stargaze to your heart's content and get the best night of sleep that you have ever had? And that's when the idea for Moonbase was born. In this episode, Sonny and I chat about how he ran a Google Ads campaign to validate his startup idea, why he launched an Indiegogo campaign to raise some initial cash for Moonbase, the story behind how he discovered Joop and his thoughts on the benefits of prefab structures, and how he plans to scale Moonbase over the next 12 to 24 months. Get excited for an inspirational and jam-packed conversation with my new friend, Sonny. All right, Sonny. We are we are live, my friend. How are you doing on awesome. this fine Tuesday morning? Wonderful, wonderful. The the uh the weather has been
0: really great the last couple of days and you know, I have nothing to complain about. I was uh just in Seattle uh two weekends ago as well. Okay. And how was the weather in Seattle? Not not as great? <laughs> it was actually hot. Surprisingly oh, really? hot. It was clear skies in like 80-90 degrees the entire time. Dang. Uh, so Wonderful sunsets. Uh we also saw the sunrise at Kerry Park in Seattle. And you can see um the Space Needle and then Mount Rainier like right in the background as well. Wow. So
1: great, great views. Very, very cool, man. Um, I'm actually headed there in a couple weeks. I um oh, do, nice. do you know Devin Lorup from the Pacific Band? Have you do you follow the Pacific? Yeah, so yes? I know who he is because okay. I've listened to your podcast episode
0: because okay. an avid podcast listener. But I have never met him in person. um, And I saw that he posted a YouTube video and it's got like 1.5 million views, right? It was like the breakdown of his Pacific bin. Yeah. So uh, I'm a fan. I'm definitely a fan. I really, you know, I don't know him personally, but I'm definitely a fan. So he's cool. if you want to connect us, like I'd love to. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Uh,
1: we're we're going we we so we are launching we we just launched this like YouTube series called The Next Generation of Hospitality Entrepreneurs. And so we, mm-hmm. we went live with our first episode, which featured uh Sarah Reutman, um, who is the creator behind uh Field and Lake. Which is a cool mm. boutique hospitality brand in um, in Belgium, Wisconsin. On on like Michigan is is kind of where she started with her, her first two properties. But anyways, uh, we're gonna have Devin in in our next episode, and so we're going out there um, in in a couple weeks. And I haven't been to all that is to say is that I haven't been to Seattle in a few years, and it's actually like one of my favorite cities in the world. Like I, a lot of people like don't like Seattle. Um, at least a lot of people in my circles because it's you know yeah. rainy and whatever. But like yeah, I, yeah. I I I feel like it's got this like fun like innovative spirit it's not like it's not as like obnoxious as like San Fran or like LA people seem a little bit more like down to earth uh, um, but but it still has sort of that like that hype right and and that energy that you look for in a city uh if you go to Seattle we found this shop at uh
0: the Pike Place Market it's like floor below so it's one floor below like the top floor okay we found this shop called Morning Sailor Morning Sailor okay Marnin oh, and and Ian Sailor. And you have to go there. Really? I'm not gonna spoil it. Search up their Instagram. Yeah. But you have to go there. Like hundred okay.
1: percent you have to go there. All right. Well, hey, I will um if we make it there, I will be sure to document the whole thing so I can say, okay, Sonny, yes. this is what's gonna happen. And whatever happens, I'll get it on film and then and then we'll share it. It'll be fun. Um cool. but dude, I uh, I mean I'm super pumped to have you on the show. I want to just kind of start by hearing the really the story behind Moonbase and like where Moonbase uh begins. Yeah. We first connected, I think, on, on social media. I know you had reached out saying yep. you were a fan of the podcast. Um I had heard of you already because of Jeff Wilson from Jupe, who we'll talk about in a second. Um yeah. he sent me your website like long before we ever connected. And so we've been connected for for a little bit, but I, I really just want to give you the opportunity to take us back to the very beginning. Where yeah. does the story of of Moonbase begin?
0: Yeah, I mean, the story really starts with, like, my love and obsession for space when I was a kid. Um, if you remember, at elementary school, we would have, like, scholastic book fairs. Yeah. And I actually signed up for, like, a space magazine. And that's where my, like, love and interest for space, like, started. Huh. Um, so that's, like, really really where it started. And it just kind of grew from there. And I used I used to want to be an astronaut, but then I realized... I am not smart enough to be an astronaut, like 100% (laughs) not smart enough to be an astronaut. Um, But, you know, I always still kind of like loved space and the stars and things like that. But I didn't really actually like see the stars, see the stars until I moved to L.A. after I graduated from college. Okay. And I went to Joshua Tree and I've never been camping before. And, and, you know, when I moved to L.A., I was like, oh, like, what should I do? They're like, oh, you have to go to Joshua Tree. I was like, what's Joshua Tree? I have no (laughs) idea what that is. And they're like oh it's a national park it's like a really great time and like you can really enjoy the stars there and when i went i absolutely fell in love like i just really enjoyed you know walking around in the dark looking up in the sky and like taking photos uh with my camera huh and from from my time in la i just you know i went on more camping trips i even did a week long camping trip through utah so it was like bryce zion canyon lands this was peaked peak covid like july 2020 okay right and we planned this like months in advance and the weekend before our trip astronauts actually discovered a new comet called comet neowise <laughs> um and i've showed i've showed you this photo zach and i'll show it again um and i'll, I'll link it to you for le- the for listeners the show yeah 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 Beautiful. So I- i'll link it again and did you Great take that photo
1: did you take yes, that? Yes, I took that photo. You took that photo. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, okay. I
0: took that photo. Um, so I, I'll link you a photo so that the uh, people can see. The listeners yeah, can, uh, can find it. I would say like our photo, our this photo is like average. If you just search up comet neo wise, like there's way better photos. But, um, you know, just really enjoyed it and was really inspired just by like you know seeing a comet that just happened by chance. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. And after that, I, after living in LA, you know, during COVID, I kind of decided I wanted to move back East. I, I, you know, I grew up in the DC area, went to college uh, at University of Maryland, College Park. Um, and I started dating this girl and I would tell her stories of me, you know, outdoors camping and seeing the stars. And she was like, Oh, like, I really want to see the stars. I was like, awesome. Let's go camping. And she's like, uh, I don't want to go camping, you know, I don't want to sleep in a sleeping bag in a tent without showering, no running water. Right. Yeah.
1: I was like, Oh, well, I don't want like, yeah, I don't want like a snake or some like freaking like bug crawling right. in. Or, and yeah, I don't want, I don't want to feel, I don't want to feel the dirt like on my back, you know? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and then I was like, uh,
0: well, I don't know how to solve this for you. And then like a few months kind of went by and like, I was thinking back to like my travels. I was like, well, like we stayed at Airbnbs and there was like, glamping structures basically yeah. right? on the yeah. west coast um and i asked myself like well why does that not exist as much on the east coast hmm. and part of it was you know places that do, do have glamping on the east coast aren't in places that have low light pollution so you can look at a light pollution map um, and there's very few spots on the east coast where you can go to low enough light pollution to be able to see the milky way interesting right? yeah so i was like well like why doesn't somebody do this? And I couldn't find a reason. So then I was like, well, why don't I just do this? Right. I was like, maybe I should just do this. Right. So, um, that's really how it started. And I can talk a little bit more like, you know, from like, oh, I had this idea to like creating it, but that's, that's the basis of how, how we started.
1: I love that story. And, and what's, what's cool about it is I, I do think that this um this movement, if, if, if I can even call it that around like glamping has, has certain beca- certainly become more popular as people want to be outside. Right. Like I think in yeah. COVID in particular, it, 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 it's, it was just exacerbated. But this idea of like really wanting the idea of camping without without like sacrificing like all of the amenities that, yeah. that you would normally have to sacrifice if you were literally like going, you know, uh, in a tent, right? Yeah. I think about camping. My, my family, we were avid campers growing up and uh, you know, some of the best memories of my life, but like you know, it'd rain and you'd get wet and you know, yeah. there inevitably there'd be like a flash flood or something and you're sleeping back and it was just, you know, it's, it was an adventure, but not necessarily like an experience that you'd want, that I'd want now, yeah. right? Uh, if yeah. I could avoid it, right? I'd rather, I'd rather as, your, sure. as your girlfriend wanted, like can i can i have it both can i see these you know beautiful night skies and then also like be in like a beautiful like luxe like cozy bed right at the same time so so yeah i mean yeah go ahead i mean so
0: um i was just in seattle right and we saw the sunset at mount rainier yeah on i think paradise village is like the area that's called okay it's like a parking lot we saw the sunset i was like okay we're hungry so we had to drive 45 minutes down down outside the national park to get food. And then I was like, well, Mount Rainier is actually a really good spot to go stargazing. And I had to think to myself, it was like 10 o'clock at that time. I was like, do I drive back up to where we just were? And then drive back down another 45 minutes to where we're staying. I was like, you no, know it'd be great if there was a solution for this. I was like, oh wait, I'm doing that solution. Like, so I don't have to drive 45 minutes to the middle of nowhere. They drive another 45 just to see the stars. Yeah. Oh.
1: Yeah, yeah. 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 No, it's, it's, uh, it, it's it's a really interesting and like niche problem, but like as you know, yeah. or, or or like as as in some people like to say like niches get riches. Like I I do think the the challenge that you're that you're wrestling with is is certainly um is certainly like a special and an important one. All right, friends, it's me again, with just a wee bit more info about our friends at Minoan. So in addition to providing hosts with a completely free system to help streamline furnishing and granting hosts access to hundreds of discounts on the world's leading brands, Minoan also enables hosts to make their homes shoppable in a way that's subtle and also sophisticated. So here's an example of how this works. Let's say a guest sends you a message remarking how well they slept during their stay. And they ask, you know, what kind of mattress was in in the master bedroom, because when they get home, they wanna buy a new mattress. Cause again, they had just such a beautiful night's sleep, right? Well, as it turns out, it was a purple mattress that you had ordered via Minoan when you were furnishing your home. Well, if that guest does go and buy a purple mattress, Minoan thinks that you should get a cut of that sale, right? After all, it was a great night's sleep on your mattress that convinced this guest that they had to have the same one. So, Minoan's technology enables hosts to earn commissions on everything from mattresses to coffee makers and soaps to sofas. You can save on high-end furnishings upfront, and then if you want, You have the ability to earn cash money whenever your guests buy the products that they fell in love with while they were staying at your vacation rental so again you don't have to do this right you can just use minoan to buy these incredible glorious furnishings for your home you don't also have to make your home shoppable but if you want to do that minoan provides a really easy simple way to do this that does not you know disturb guest experience it's not like there's like price tags on everything right like it's a very subtle very sophisticated kind of like one little qr code uh, that you can put anywhere in your in your home and folks can go in and and explore the um the furnishings uh, around your space, just by quickly scanning that that QR code, you could throw it in your you know, on your kitchen sink near your kitchen sink, or you could put it you know near uh, near the guest bedroom, whatever it might be, right? Um, so I want you to take a moment right after this conversation, or you could pause the episode and do this right now, and I want you to sign up for a free count at minoanexperience.com. Please, please, please tell the folks there that Zach from Behind the Stays sent you their way. Just head on over to Manowin. That's M-I-N-O-A-N, experience.com. And again, be sure to tell them that Zach from Behind the Stays sent you their way. Thanks, guys. Really, really appreciate you taking some time to check out Minoan. And let me know what you think about their offerings. So you have this idea for Moonbase. And yeah. then you you decide, hey, like, how do I think about... What 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 would it look like to for me to kind of build my own sort of like glamping like resort or glamping like destination? Uh, Talk to us a little bit about the research that you did. I know that you ultimately landed on Jupe, and I want you to tell folks like what Jupe is because we again I mentioned we had Jeff Wilson, who's the founder of Jupe, on the podcast about six months ago or so. But for folks who are newer who weren't listening to that episode, talk to us a little bit about how you discovered Jupe and then and what Jupe actually is.
0: Yeah, honestly. Uh, every time somebody's like, how do you describe structures? Like I have a hard time. And usually it's like, let me just show you a photo. Yeah, right? Let me just like, just take a look at it. Um, and I guess like maybe the easiest way to describe it is it's like, it's a solar pl- uh, powered glamping pod designed by SpaceX and Tesla engineers. Beautiful. And it's like everything that you can imagine it to be, uh, based on that description. And in terms of like, how did I discover them? I actually discovered them through a friend who, if you're in the tech world, um, who went through Y Combinator. So he was joining Y Combinator winter of 2021. He also has a really interesting story. Um, But as he was joining, he looked through the alumni and found Jupe. Because Jupe was like the the batch right before them, summer of 21, right, or 2020. Yeah, yeah. And around that time when... He was joining, was around the time when Gary Tan, which I'm also a huge fan of, nice. invested in them, right? So um, we essentially just discovered them because a
1: friend went through Y Combinator, looked through alumni, and then that's how we kind of discovered them. Very cool, and and for those that don't know, we've talked about Y Combinator on the show before because we've had a few folks on the pod who went through y, YC, but uh, they're probably like the 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 most well known, most highly regarded startup accelerator. Uh, Airbnb 100%. is a is an alum of 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 YC, as is Uber, <laughs> as is as are many other sort yeah. of like unicorns. Yeah. Um. So very 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 popular startup accelerator, and again that's where that's where Jeff Wilson and and Jupe um kind of got got their start. I would just say too, it, it sort of looks like a space like it it looks like something that you'd see yeah. in space right like from the yeah, outside was, you're like whoa yeah. it, it, it almost feels extraterrestrial i like as, as just a structure right um mm-hmm. so incredibly well designed so very so very cool so you decide you, you find these structures you decide hey we're not going to do like you know the the canvas tents we're going to do something like jupe in, in instead yeah. talk to us about finding the land because I, I do think that this idea i actually had somebody recently on the podcast um, who talked a lot about sort of this this idea of, of building sort of these very specific and kind of bespoke glamping resorts and um one of the things he was saying in particular was like you know there's certainly like a lot of opportunity here and yet like people are getting into this this kind of niche of short-term rentals but it's not happening as as fast as you might as you might think right meaning like there's still a lot of opportunity to get in this space at least that's what jacob uh was was sharing with us um jacob just from uh, Mendocino Grove for those who listened to that episode or may not have listened to that episode. It's it's, it's worth a listen. Anyways, so this idea of glamping, right, is, is certainly taking off. How do you find the land though? Right. Like and talk to us about what that process looked like because I think that it's it's one thing to be like, yeah, like it's super cheap, it's super affordable. You just do this, you buy a couple jupes, like now you have like a hospitality brand, right? But um but the land is so, so crucial. So talk to us a little bit about your your search for land, how you came across it, and how you knew that the piece of land that you ultimately purchased was was the right one. Yeah, so
0: with like Moonbase, right? Like our mission is to make stargazing accessible, right? So one key piece that's core to that thesis and brand is and mission is find a place that has low light pollution. So you can look at like a low light pollution map, just Google it, and figure out places that have you know low light pollution where you can see the Milky Way, right? The second criteria was you know drivable from where we were. We were based in DC, but like just metro cities, so two three hours. And if, you know, if we were going to acquire new sites, that would be part of it as well. Like two, three hours from a metro. Yeah. Uh, The third one is, well, we need enough acreage. So at least five acres, right? Um, And then the last one is like near some sort of like attraction during the day. Because although, you know, we're solving it for night, people Hmm. still want to do things during the day, right? So, you know, state or national park or like a cute small town. Yeah. And um what uh we essentially did was like just look on Zillow, like what's available basically. Yeah. Like, there's a few other sites out there uh that you can check, but Zillow was the one that we found this piece of land and you know it's 15 acres on a mountainside exactly 2 hours and 6 minutes from the White House like I just checked it like 30 minutes ago again. <laughs> That's that's, check good, yeah, that, wanna...
1: that's like really good positioning. Like we are two yeah. hours and 14 minutes from the White House or you know, something crazy yes. like that. Yeah. that makes exactly. I make for a good I ad wanted campaign. to double check so that
0: I, I wasn't lying. Um <laughs> and um yeah, so and it's also near uh this really cute town called Berkeley Springs. Like when we first checked out this property, we were like, oh, there's a castle here. Oh, there's a cat cafe. Huh. Oh, there's a bunch of vegetarian uh restaurants, right? There's like this like award-winning uh, chef restaurant called lot 12. There's this, um, what's it called this, a uh, store that I would describe the best way to describe it is a small town urban outfitters. Okay. And it's like <laughs> run by a daughter and mother and it, they're just super amazing. So, you know, it kind of, and it's also near a state park. It's near Cape and state park. And we had a, a guest stay and they were like this park is the best mountain biking trails that we've seen in this entire area. Wow. And I, I ended up meeting the guy who's actually running, like, the build-out of the mountain bike trails. And it's like, yeah, we're spending, you know, $5 million in the next two years on mountain bike trails. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so they're, they're, like, investing heavily in it, right? Yeah. But I didn't know that, like, going the into uh, buying, the, buying the land, right? But, you know, um, it, basically the four criteria, though, was low-light pollution, uh two hours two three hours from a metro area so we're like two hours from dc two hours from baltimore three from pittsburgh three and a half from philly um at least five acres and then some sort of like day attraction
1: yeah sort of state park cute small town things like that i i love that um and it's it's like a relatively like simple sort of like framework but it, but at the same time it's, it's so helpful right Is like sure. I, I i love the daytime attraction in particular because i think some sometimes right uh, and we talk about this. I've had people on the podcast that feel, you know, very passionate and, and very strongly about the fact that, hey, if you create this beautiful, totally unique experience, people will come just for the experience. And I tend to agree with those folks. Like, and I do see this this moment where, you know, I, I you know, I've even done this. I've planned my vacation. Right. Or I've planned my stay around just wanting to be in a place like I yeah. want to stay here at this particular Airbnb I don't really care what's around it as long as I get to stay here, right? And I do think that that generally is a trend that that we're seeing, but at the same time, right? People people don't just want no matter how beautiful it is, they don't want to stay in the place all day or yeah. in your context, right, as you as you mentioned it's it's really a place to kind of see the stars. Well, what do you do yeah. when the stars aren't visible? Right. Like, right? <laughs> and so yeah. and so I like that as like a, a good simple way of, of just remembering and, and reminding us that it's it's unique stays are, are all the rage right now. They're really important. There's huge, huge, huge potential in building these really cool, unique experiences. But just remember that at, you know, at the end of the day, people still want something to do. Uh and they want and they, will, and they yeah. you know, and they want to be they want that that thing, even if it's different than what they, you know, normally do. They want to be able to get in a car and just go and have have a, you know, spend a couple hours somewhere. And then they can yeah. come back to your beautiful space. Yeah. I mean,
0: I think this will touch on uh, you know, as we talk a little bit about more of my tech and startup background, but yeah. like you have to really think about the full customer journey, like the full like what are they going to do in between the times and not just in your space? Right. Hmm. What's the experience as they plan for your coming to your place? Yeah. Right? Yeah. They have to buy food. So where's the closest like grocery store? Like they may do it at home, but they may, a lot of people have done it, you know, in town here. Right. Or as you think about like um the journey when they're there, right. What are they going to do while they're there? And, yeah. you know, we talked a little bit about, well, like, yes, We had people just sit around, create a fire and just enjoy their time. But I would say, you know, 60, 70% of our people that come, they go explore the town because, you know, there's, they want to do something besides sit around and like, it depends on the person, but just having those options, uh, you know, is great for the people that are staying here. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Hey guys, it's Zach. If you're enjoying this episode, could you do me two very quick favors? First, this show is possible thanks to a handful of incredible organizations who've signed on to be advertising partners of Behind the Stays. It would mean the world to me if you'd take just a second to scroll down to the show notes and go learn more about this episode's sponsor. Even if you aren't in the market for agency support or a new PMS at the moment, it never hurts to be aware of who else is out there. And second, if you're listening to this episode on Spotify, could you be so kind as to give Behind the Stays a 5-star rating? And if you're on Apple Podcasts, could you submit a quick review and let me know what you love most about the show? I know it seems trivial, but these things really, really do help us grow the show. And just a reminder, that if you've ever got feedback from me on how to make the show better, shoot me an email directly at Zach, that's Z-A-C-H, at spontaneous.com. You all really are the best. I love receiving your emails and DMs. All right, so check out the sponsor and leave us a rating and a review, please. All right, guys, back to the show. I, I'd love to just hear how that background. You, you've mentioned your buddies who were in YC, which is how you, you know, found Jupe to begin with. Yep. I'm curious, you know, given given your your experience uh, in in startups, like how has that affected the way that you think about this this brand that you're building, this this business, yeah. this hospitality business that that you're building.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, just a little context for the listeners. You know, um, I've been working. As a product manager for the past four years you know in the, in the tech space so I, I really took at it from like a product and design perspective right so when we first when i first had the idea i was like well this is just an idea that i think my girlfriend would love <laughs> more than just my girlfriend loved this idea right yeah, yeah, and i yeah, took yeah. it from like a market research and product like initializing a startup idea uh perspective like i've you know created my own websites and apps and failed a bunch of times doing that as well so i was like okay well like how can i test demand for this beyond just asking people because hmm. like the first thing i did is like the marketing research normal thing of like you know go talk to 20 people and figure out what the key features are have them stack stack rank them right yeah yeah, and yeah figure yeah. out where your key features are and in the real estate world it would be like what are the key amenities right and it was basically you know super comfy bed with white sheets uh hot showers you know flushing toilet basically right and uh the last one was like uh, a campfire so i could cook s'mores those mm-hmm. are like the four the four things right i took those four things and created a website and uh some ads and that was like my my ad copy basically okay okay, like, okay you can see the stars and you sleep in a comfy t- in a comfy bed, and you have hot showers and running water, and uh, you know a campfire with s'mores, basically. Yeah. Right? And from that, I essentially ran ads to my landing page and collected emails and saw what the conversion rates are that for that right and uh you're in the marketing world i don't know if if you want to to marketing no let's
1: let's do it let's dive a little okay because you have because i remember this from our quick conversation we had a few weeks ago you had like some pretty interesting conversion rates um and and i want to i want to talk about that and we can we can give some context for for our listeners who might not be familiar but but yeah no keep going keep going this is great awesome okay so i kind of just searched up like
0: what are like industry industry standard conversion rates and like cost per lead and cost per conversion for hospitality. Right. And what I saw was like, okay, the click through rate average is 0.9%. Okay. The cost per click is, uh, 63 cents and the conversion rate, uh, from clicks. So they see the ad and they click on the ad is 2.82%. And then, yeah. So those were like the the benchmarks. Yeah. those were the the benchmarks so i'm looking at our sheet right so the average benchmarks for click-through rate i said was 0.9 ours were 2.5 2.49 but 2.5 wow wow so what is that three times two times yeah yeah yeah, yeah, right and our cost per click was 12 cents versus the industry average of 63 cents right yeah um and then also i didn't have averages for this for like benchmarks but this might blow your mind our conversion from I landed on the page and I gave you my email
1: was thirty three percent wow wow that's amazing dude that is yeah I mean, so that, that that and just for our listeners like getting a thirty three percent conversion rate from like landing page view to to actually submitting uh and, and offering your email like that that is pretty much unheard of in almost any industry. Unless, again, yeah. unless it's like a organic, you know, uh, someone's coming in off of organic or whatnot. Um, but even that, even if it's purely from organic, like spontaneous, yeah. we rank number one for last minute Airbnb deals. Like we rank number one organically for that. And if you go and click, like our, our conversion rate from that particular keyword is around 30%. And that's like incredible. So the fact that you got 33% yeah. is uh, <laughs> is remarkable. So I, I love it, dude. And so, so let me just... Uh, uh, again just kind of quickly recap here so you you were running these tests to to first and yeah. foremost sort of like validate the idea right like yeah. do, will people want to go somewhere where they can stargaze and they can have a cozy night's sleep and yep. they can have a campfire and, and if so right if enough people are converting on this campaign that I'm gonna put together this this will give me you know a little bit of data right at least yeah. that I need to to ensure that I'm gonna that it's worth kind of pursuing this idea is that more or less kind of how you thought about the experiment? Yeah, basically I had the idea February 12th. Okay, I launched the experiment early March-ish
0: okay. and had it run for like a month. So that means I didn't even start looking at land yet, right? <laughs> like, I haven't even visited property. I didn't even pull up Zillow yet. I immediately just went, okay, how do I approach this from a product and marketing uh, management perspective, right? Um, and like, that's basically what I did. Um, and then I could talk a little bit more about like, um how did i validate even further beyond emails as well
1: yeah so let's go there so you get these emails and then and then what you like you email everyone you say hey i'm gonna do this thing what do you think or or how does it go (laughs) so
0: as part of the experiment as well from my experience with like startups is emails don't they mean a little bit but they don't mean that much, yeah, yeah. I wanted to test like, are what's the actual demand for this beyond? Oh, this is interesting. I'm gonna drop an email because it's very easy just to just give your email away. I think people are a little bit more hesitant now in the last two years. But what I wanted to prove a little bit more is that people were willing to like put their credit card down. Yeah. So after I captured their email, I added friction by saying, "Give me one dollar and I'll guarantee you a discounted rate," basically, hmm. right? Because hmm because like if you add friction and people still do it that means you have a stronger signal that people actually want this thing right dude oh, it's oh, a
1: you know you know what you know what I love about this we spend in like in like marketing we spend so much time talking about reducing friction Right? I know, and here you're and like product too, yeah, In yeah, front, and you're like, oh my god, no, now, now we need to add friction. But I, but I, this is this is a perfect example because like if you're listening to this and you're you're considering doing something that is a you know unique in the hospitality space, this this is a really really good way to validate an idea because if you add again just a little bit of friction, you charge a dollar, somebody has to go and they have to find like their credit card and then put it in, right? I 16 digits, yeah, like, like that's a lot of work me with a that, that, lot of information. Yeah. And it, right. but but if they do that, right? I mean, talk about sort of like validation right like yeah. it, you, you that that's the kind of validation that you can take to the bank and be like yo there is uh there is something here that's worth spending yeah. time and money and effort on so i love it dude this yeah. is this is oh this is great i'm gonna steal this idea man yeah <laughs> my my suggestion is charge higher than a yeah. dollar um, yeah what was it what was the result like
0: yeah so i think uh so our cost per Conversion to that one dollar was two fifteen to so two dollars fifteen cents. Not so bad. We're losing a dollar fifteen for not every bad. dollar we got. So just charge like five or ten dollars. <laughs> you'll probably get at least a little bit of profit. So you're not losing money. Um, but we weren't. We didn't spend that much money on ads. Um, when we first, when I first ran it, I spent one hundred thirty five. This was like March twenty twenty one. Okay. And then I did it again in twenty twenty two, March of twenty twenty two, for three hundred thirty dollars. Okay. Right? So, you know, not tons of money in the world of like- No, no less estate, than 500 right? bucks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, 465, right? So um, 100% worth it. I would say that if you're going to do it, you need to have a compelling story for it to make sense. Hmm. And like know how to sell, basically, yeah. right? Like know how to run ads and like create a website, things like that. So I, I will say this was a very first time running ads. I've never run ads before in my entire life. And I just kind of, you know, used YouTube
1: University as I've learned many things. From <laughs> oh, dude, I love this. This is this is fantastic. OK, so so you do what I love about this, too, is you did a lot of work up front. Right. Um, yeah. And it wasn't even like a lot of work, really. Like it was it was it was basically you figured out, all right, how do I intelligently, um, you know, try to discern whether or not this is a good idea using yeah. The resources that the internet makes for free, right? Like, how, how do I how do mm-hmm. I leverage these resources to discern if this is a good idea, and how do I do so like relatively quickly, right? Like, it's not like it yeah. was like this was like a couple of years that you spent working day in and day out trying to validate this idea, right? Like, this was probably you know in the aggregate maybe a few weeks, like when all when all is said and done, right? Yeah. So once the idea is validated, right? Like, what what happens next? So and, and I guess like how did you know w- there was just enough demand that or there was just enough interest that you were like okay, like. I, I feel confident now to go and like buy land. Like was that all? Or did you did you were there other sort of signals that you had acquired before you actually decided to purchase the land?
0: Uh that was I would say the main signal. Yeah. That was hundred percent the main signal. Um we did do an Indiegogo campaign. Right. Oh, nice. We hit, we hit 190% of our target goal, right? Um But that was after we bought the land and it was, you know, a mixture of, like, a marketing push and, like, show, you know, that, you know, there is demand further beyond, like, me talking about the numbers here. Yeah. yeah. We were essentially collecting $1, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, with the Indiegogo, we were essentially pre-booking, like entire stays before we even launched right hmm. we launched October of 2022 the Indigo campaign ran in like March 2022 so it was like a I don't know six seven eight months before we actually fully launched so we had a lot of upfront bookings
1: from there wow wow very 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 cool okay so I want I want to talk a little bit more about like um how how Moonbase you know has performed as an investment. So talk to us a little bit. Actually before we do that, where did the where did the name sure. come from? Like how did you you clearly have you have a background in 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 product, right? In, in startups. Yeah. But like you know talk to us about how you thought about branding Moonbase.
0: Uh well we knew that um you know we wanted to be some some sort of space or star themed in yeah. outer space, right? And it really just came from I had this idea. I went to uh, my friend who became my business partner about, Hey, let's do this thing. He was actually the one that I went on the camping trip with through Utah. Okay. Right. We like met through college and, uh, we essentially just had a birthday dinner for his birthday. It was like March. So it was like, as we were doing the, uh, the marketing campaign and we were just, we, we just had a dinner with a few friends and we just spitballed names. And Moonbase just came up as as one of the names, wow.
1: and that's that just makes literally. A, how I, I mean, came. it's a, it's a beautiful name. It like it speaks. Yeah. like there's there's so much depth to it, right? Uh, and, yeah. and it's it's so versatile. Like you can you can yeah. grow it, and you can do a lot with it. Um, as you as sure. you you know, if and when you decide to kind of like expand, uh, expand yeah. your portfolio hundred percent, hundred percent. So that's basically where the name came from. Cool, cool. So uh, uh, talk to us a little bit about the business yet. Like what's worked really well? Like when, or I guess, when did you guys go live? Like when, when did you get the Jeeps kind of all set up on the property? When were your first bookings? And then like, how has it performed so far?
0: Yeah. So we went live October of 2022. So about six, seven months okay. ago. And that was basically when we got our health department permit so that we can actually operate, right? Like, we don't want to do things under the table and (laughs) get into legal issues, right? Um, So uh, that's when we got our health department uh, permit. And we started getting our bookings in November, right? Uh, And, you know, things, things are good. And then it gets really cold here, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like January, February was... Pretty much no bookings. January, February, basically no bookings. And then March, April, May, we're starting to ramp up again. And we haven't, so, you know, back when we started, we did, we spent ad, uh, we spent money on ads. We haven't spent any money on ads yet. Uh, And we're planning to do that as, you know, June starts in July, August, and it's like peak camping season, basically. Yeah. yeah. So in the past, three months, our average occupancy rate was mostly weekends, so okay. 20%. But 20% with what we've done is 20% cash and cash. And anybody in the real estate world is like 20% cash and cash is like, that's good returns. Yeah. Once we start ramping up our occupancy, yeah. right, to even 50, 60%. So I calculated if we ramp up our occupancy to just 60%, which
1: we can very reasonably think we can do. Yeah it would be 58% cash on cash return. And, and that's just because what? Like your expenses are just like incredibly low? Yes. Yes. So so can you talk to us about your costs? So are you guys doing all the turnover like do you have a cleaning team or cuz you you're living on site right now. Is that is that correct? Yeah. So I spend 60-70% of my time
0: here on site uh and then I also go visit my girlfriend in Baltimore, see friends and family in DC, right? Um but Uh, we used to clean it ourselves. We really wanted to understand the mechanics and like do everything ourselves for a really long time. So actually our house that's there, we built it ourselves, right? We, we like really wanted to like understand the business from a grounds up approach. So for the first, you know, we didn't hire cleaners until spring. So between November and mid-March, we did all of the cleaning ourselves, replaced all the sheets, did all the cleaning and replacing and everything. Uh, but now we have cleaners, right? Yeah. Um, so now you know we have a team that comes in and cleans the place, right?
1: Um, and then in terms of like and these structures other- are like jeeps are like just to give the audience context too. Like yeah. these are these are small structures, right? So like meaning yeah. the the turnover is 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 pretty easy. Like it's not like you're yeah. it's not like you're turning over like a four bedroom like you know uh, Airbnb or anything like that. Like this these are what like what what is the square footage on a jupe? Like sixty seventy. I don't remember the exact square footage.
0: Um, I think it's like seven and a half wide, thirteen
1: long. And I can't do the math really yeah. quick right now. But seven and a half by thirteen okay. is like the size of inside the unit. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay wow okay so that's that's awesome so but but then beyond that like you you beyond your cleaning expense right because you guys don't have it's not like you're buying tons of furniture for these spaces right like yeah. the, the jupe comes with it with everything it, you know you need to to have it operate comes with a with a bed and like uh side
0: tables we added a little bit of like books and stuff to make it look a little bit like uh, you know more full yeah right um but the beds are um more comfortable than my actual bed every time <laughs> people have slept in it they're like yeah this is really cozy like really yeah. really cozy oh actually the other thing we added as like we were going into the winter is we added mattress pad heaters Ooh. and everybody loves the mattress pad heaters because at night it, even in the summer it, gets, it drops to like 60 degrees and like that gets pretty chilly when yeah. you're outside at night especially not in a sleeping bag and everybody loves the mattress pad heaters we had um we had guests stay here where the outdoor temperatures at night was 20 degrees and the mattress pad heaters they were like we were sweating (laughs) we were sweating with those we had to turn them off because they were too hot and there's like settings you go for like one to ten on the hotness but they were like yeah the mattress pad heaters are incredible and keep you incredibly warm and cozy especially even 20 degrees weather
1: Last-minute cancellations suck, and that's why we built Ping. Ping makes it easy for guests to be notified when their favorite Airbnbs become available. Ping is a simple widget that lives on your website or your direct booking site and allows your fans and followers to sign up and be notified if their preferred dates become available. Here's how it works. Jimmy sees that you're booked the whole month of October, but he wants to be notified if any three-night window in the month becomes available. Jen is a returning guest and she wants to be notified if any week in June, July, or August becomes available. In a matter of seconds, Jimmy and Jen fill out the simple form and they will be pinged if the requested dates become available. And as a host, you will immediately get pinged via email with Jimmy and Jen's contact information and requested dates, which enables you to build up your own database of guest email addresses. Ping is what the best Airbnb hosts use to maximize bookings. You can get access to our beta pricing with plans that start at just $39 a year at bnbping.com. Again, that's bnbping.com. So uh, talk to us about your, your initial guests here. Are, are, is everyone coming from Airbnb? Are you guys like, do you have any direct booking uh, stuff set up yet? Are you guys on yeah. like hip camp or like where, where are people coming from?
0: Yeah, so... Um, I mentioned, you know, we had an Indiegogo campaign, so there's direct bookings from there. We're on Airbnb and hip camp. And I would say there's a pretty good split between Airbnb and hip camp. I think most of our bookings so far lately has been Airbnb. Um, but yeah, so we're on Airbnb and hip camp. And then we had an Indiegogo campaign and we just handled that through like a direct
1: booking. I, I want your thoughts on, um, on prefab. So, you know, one of the, yeah. a lot of the folks we have on the show, like there are people that will feel that'll, like love prefab and, you know, we, we, um, uh, want den outdoors is one of our, our partners and we love den and we love like what they're yeah. doing in the space is really, really cool. Um, but I, but I, but you know, some people have like some people like really don't like prefab for for whatever reason. And I'm just curious, like mm-hmm. from your perspective, you were doing a lot. Like you were, you 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 are not a hospitality entre- uh, entrepreneur sort of like by trade. You were getting into this no, space no, for no. the very first time. I don't think that you had bought land before. Is that right? This nope. is the first time. Yeah, first nope. time you're buying land, nope. right? You're you're also like really young. So like you know, there there was a, you were already assuming like a fair amount of risk, right, in getting into this game. Oh, yeah. And so what was the idea of like a prefab in in hindsight was it like you're so glad you went with jupe or do you kind of wish you had done something more custom like how how are we feeling now that we're you know six months in about sort of the the core structure the the core product if you will i think i can't answer that for everybody
0: i think the answer is it depends yeah right yeah, yeah as long as the numbers pencil out and it matches what you want to do in terms of style and brand. Yeah. So Jupe was like a perfect fit. Yeah, right? I was going to say. Yeah. We, right. We wanted to do make stargazing accessible. Yeah. And Jupe built a unit inspired by the stars from SpaceX and Tesla engineers. And the units look like spaceships. They're yeah. we like, oh, perfect brand fit. We we're like, wonderful. Like, let's work together. Right. Um, but it also allowed us to think about other things in terms of like site development, right. Mm. And not have to think too much about, you know, going through like an architect and building something custom and going through, through uh, that process. So I think it it really depends uh, on like what you're trying to do and like do the numbers pencil out. So I don't have a clear, like prefabs are amazing or yeah. they're not amazing. It really just hundred percent depends on you and the deal. And like, how do you figure out, like, do the numbers and economics work out?
1: What what I like about it, um, as as a as a strategy, right? For folks like, if you are getting into this for the first time, right, and you don't have like tons of capital to play with, and you kind of need you need like yeah. cash sooner than later, it, yeah. it's it's a really cool like low barrier to entry, right? Like and like sure. what's cool about Jupe and and just structures like it is like it doesn't need to be there forever. Right. Meaning like yeah. you, can, you could t- you could you're not you're not building something that's like impossible to move. Right. And right. and right, I think right, what's right. what's neat about it is like if you th- they're beautifully designed, it, it's unique. It's like unlike anything anyone else has like stayed in, like pe- jupes yeah. are not everywhere. Right. Like, you know, today, no. today, you, you, tiny homes are sort of like a, a dime a dozen. Right. Jupes are still mm-hmm. sort of the, they're still sort of novel. Um, And Ooh. so I, I, I like this idea as a hey, you get a piece of land, you want to do something. Uh, but you, you, you know, it's going to take a while to kind of fully execute the big vision that you have, but you could get started yeah. with something like this and see how it yeah. goes and, and then go from there. Yeah. I mean, uh, I haven't touched on, you know, what the full vision is on Moonbase. Um, if you, if it's okay, if I touch please, on that, for, please give us, yeah, yeah. No, that was my next question for you is like, where, what is the grander vision? Like where are we going yeah. here? Yeah.
0: So I'll, I'll do two things. Um, I'll continue that story of you know from starting out, right? So initial initially, the idea was like make stargazing accessible, right? Yeah. From the beginning, that that's what I set it up to do, and I was like, okay, I believe that my target audience is females between twenty two and thirty five that want to go with their significant other. Yeah. And that has a hundred percent played out with like what guests come, what kind of guests come, right? And, but, uh, pretty early on when we were doing, running our ads, two things happen. Uh, I, I set it so that I just targeted all ages and I didn't restrict it to 22 and 35. And you can see in the Facebook analytics, it's like, oh, there is that hump or that, that like a uh, peak between 22 and 35 and it dips back down. Yeah. But it comes right back up as soon as you passed 50, 55. Huh. And I was like, oh, like, this is really interesting. I was like, why could that be? It's like, oh, it's because. People who are 55 and older are empty nesters. Yeah. So their kids have already graduated. They have disposable income, but they still want to explore the world and see interesting things. Like yeah. that's why they go to national parks. Yeah. You go to national park, you see tons of people who are, you know, a little bit older and like really want to enjoy nature. Right? Yeah. Yeah. The other thing that happened was I actually got an email. So uh, this lady signed up and I got an email. She asked, are your units handicap accessible? Huh? And I was like, oh, I haven't thought about that at all. Like, tell me more. And she was like, oh, you know, my husband is a stroke survivor. Wow. So on the right side of his body um, is is a little difficult for him to go upstairs or even like use a bathtub because he needs help lifting his foot into a bathtub. Yeah. Right. And she told me a little bit of a story of we went to a hotel. They said they'll have handicap accessible units there. And when they showed up, they said, oh, actually, we already gave them out. And like, just imagine, you know, showing up at like 8 p.m. trying to find a new hotel that that's handicap accessible. Like it seems like a nightmare. Yeah. And so what I realized is like, oh, like accessibility is not just for people like my girlfriend, ages 22, 35 females. It's like accessibility for everybody. Yeah. Interesting. So what we have with right now, we always knew Jupe was a V1. Like we knew it was to get a stepping stone. So we get into the market, get some market data, test the waters, see if this is a long-term viable like business basically yeah. yeah right but the long-term goal is like how do you make units in nature that you can see the milky way and are handicap accessible so accessibility for all and then how do you even go beyond that right and uh create experiences surrounding that right mm. so just like imagine that you know you're out in nature there's like 12 cabins out in nature and you see these beautiful stars but there's also like uh, an astrophysicist there telling you like, oh, like this is this star. This is this star. Yeah, like here's Just yeah. thinking about this star. Right. Because what we've also seen is that like people, we give people telescopes when they come, if they, if they ask for it. Right. And as soon as they, we give them the telescope, they're like, how do I use this telescope? Like people <laughs> don't know how to use telescopes. Right. And it's like, oh, like if we just gave them a telescope, they can't. Like they can't point the telescope where they want it to see. Yeah. But every time they're like, oh, how do you use this telescope? And I go down there and I say, oh, like this is how you use it. I'll just point it to moon for you, like the moon for you. Yeah. And they're like, wow, the moon looks amazing under the telescope because you can see the craters. You can see where the edge of the of the Earth, the shadow of the Earth covers it, right? And then I say, oh, let me show you something even better. Let me show you Saturn. And they see Saturn's rings for the first time. And their eyes like like open up right wow so like you can add like paid experiences like that uh, on top of what we're doing so like you know make stargazing stargazing accessible which means you know you know make it easy make it handicap accessible add experiences on top of it and then you know go nationwide maybe international who knows that's yeah. a big question mark kind of thing but one step at a time right kind of thing um we kn- like we know that this is going to be a long journey like yeah. this isn't going to be an easy journey um so it's just a a matter of like can we get the economics to work out can we uh figure out the operations because i have no operational experience in hospitality like we just hired cleaners for example right and then um once we you know we figure it out you know i think you talk to somebody who's like figure out one site for a couple of years first and then go Expand after that, right? Yeah. And like, we want to make sure we get this one site first, like correctly. Um, so we we've done the V one of jupes right? What does it look like when we add a cabin that's handicap accessible? You know, one, two, three cabins that are handicap accessible. How do you add experiences on top of that so that somebody who's experienced it can talk about space that so that I don't have to always be the one talking about it and add that as an add on experience, right? And then like, what does that look like when you add multiple sites? But again, these are all things. Yeah, down one, the step one, one step at a step time. One step at a time. Let's let's figure it out.
1: But um, I love. You know, I love. You your no, no, no. And I. And, but I love the vision. I, I. And and I. And I. You know. I believe it because you know. Another thing that just pops into my mind that I'm sure that you guys have thought uh, a lot more about is like, like I. I know there's a couple people in my life that are that are handicapped, but not many. And yeah. the people that are are not like I'm not. Uh, they're not. You know, siblings. Right. They're kind of second yeah. and, and third rings of family members. But uh, you know, the idea of camping. Right what is just hard like you you just kind of can't right um or it's just very it's very impossible. difficult it's very very if you're difficult in a wheelchair, yeah. it's impossible <laughs> and so and so what you guys are doing is you, you're not just like making you know uh moon base like stargazing like accessible right like you're also making camping like just the the very like the very notion of being able to be outdoors and experience like yeah. nature in a very intimate way which camping is you're making that accessible right and that yeah. that in and of itself is is really cool because they're probably going to be people that stay at moon base and it's the very first experience they've had uh uh camping because because it's a because it's a context that they can actually camp in and that yeah. in and of itself is just is just really cool and really powerful and really moving so um yeah Dude, this is this is great. I am super excited about what you guys are doing and and what you're building. A uh, couple kind of final questions here for you. One, one is just around you talked to us a little bit about the the future of Moonbase, and I, I'm here for it. I'm excited. I can't wait to kind of like follow you guys on on this journey. Um, but but any other sort of just hot takes or uh or, or ideas that you have around sort of the future of travel and hospitality and any like trends that you're paying close attention to. You know, I don't think I have any hotter takes than some of your
0: previous guests. Um, I Maybe the one thing is like, you know, 10, 15, 20 years from now, I anticipate that there's going to be some sort of consolidation like we see in the hotel industry. Yeah. Right. Like, uh, we, you know, you've talked about it before where like there hasn't been this like one big brand for short term rentals and vacation homes yet. And yeah. I, You know, I think it's going to happen. Yeah. And part of it that's going to happen is going to be mergers and acquisitions and consolidation. And, you know, it may not happen in the next couple of years and maybe like 10, 15, 20, 30 years kind of now. But I think it's inevitable that there's going to be mergers and acquisitions and, you know, that drives efficiency and like stronger brands around things. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I, I I think you're right. Um, and what's kind of cool about that, right? Is like, is if, if that is a goal of yours at any point in time, you know, if if you're doing something unique and it's cool and it's different, um, you know, that that's where value is created, right? Like that's yeah. where that's where people get excited. So, um. Yeah. Well, Sonny, this has been this has been honestly a, a, a real joy, uh, super glad yeah. to connect with you and super pumped by, by you what know. you're doing. I'm going to have to come visit because uh, I'm only I'm, you know, yes. in D.C., so I'm only a couple hours yes. away. Um, but if, if yeah. folks, you can want- have a free stay, you're <laughs> your uh, your friend. Your uh, friend now. Uh, well, I don't know about that, but I appreciate that, man. Um, but uh, but yeah, where, where should folks go? Like if, if people want to stay and they want to kind of even if they're not local, but they want to kind of like check out uh, the the yeah. area and what you're doing, what's the best way for them to get in touch? Um, so if you want to search more about moon-based
0: camping, just search that up on Instagram. It's moon camping. And if you want to connect with me directly, uh, the best way probably is just message me on LinkedIn. My, my name is sunny Jaya, uh, spelled a little bit differently. So S A N I last name, D J A Y A. Um, and just message me on LinkedIn. Um, that's probably the best way if you want to contact me personally. Um, but if you want to follow the brand
1: and see what we're doing, search up Moonbase Camping on Instagram. Awesome, Sonny. And what we'll do is we'll um add all those links in the show notes below and also to your website just so folks can kind of check out. Um, yeah. check out the website too, which is which is cool. I love the branding. Um but appreciate your time, man. This has been uh, this has been a pleasure. Thanks for thanks for making time for me. Yeah, thanks for having me, Zach. It's been a pleasure as well. Okay. That was kind of weird, but, um, we're going to roll with it, subscribe. Um, and thanks in advance. All right, everyone. See you next time.